I wake you up. So here we find ourselves at the start of a new year. So I thought this morning we'd talk about resolutions. Not New Year's resolutions, but a resolution that we can all make. And anyone here made a New Year's resolution? See? I can help you with one this morning. Whether you've made a New Year's resolution or you haven't, whether you've made one and by the 4th of January perhaps you had one and maybe it's lapsed. You see, at this time of year, our mind turns a little bit to what we might be doing this year in the future. I used to play a little bit of tennis and for two weeks after Wimbledon you don't play tennis because the courts go mad, everyone starts to play tennis. The same thing happens if you go to a gym right now, the first few weeks of January, don't even bother going. It'll be full of people who should really never put on lycra, but they're going to do so because suddenly they have this epiphany at the start of the new year and they start to look forward. So we're going to find a resolution of wisdom from inside this passage from Exodus. But first we're going to understand where the Israelites were when this happened. You see, they were having trouble finding God. They were in the middle of the wilderness, and somewhere there in the wilderness, they lost sight of him. They didn't see what he was doing. Because, let's face it, they were just in the middle of humdrum. It was every day. It was just another day in the wilderness. They knew God had been there in their history. They knew he was there in the past. They knew he had saved them out of Egypt because they had been slaves. Because in their history was written the miracles that got them out of Egypt. And they must have known that God lay ahead of them because they kept staring at the horizon. They kept walking through the wilderness towards the promised land that they knew was there. They just couldn't see that God was all around them while they were in the wilderness. You see, it's hard to see what's right in front of you. It's hard to see what's all around you. It's hard to see what you have in abundance. It's much easier to see it yesterday, and it's much easier to look ahead to tomorrow. But that's for later on in the service, and it's difficult to explain all that from three and a half thousand years ago. So here's a better example, though, if we could have the the next slide up. Now, nobody in the front is actually going to remember uh, the film that's going to come up here, hopefully. Uh, If you move the mouse over to the right-hand side, click on it, and then press space. Click once. That's it. Good. Does anyone remember this film? It's called Brewster's Millions. Now, I'm going to show my age and the people who's just said, yes, his age. This film was made 24 years ago. I was horrified to find. But I was reminded of it when I read this passage. You see, Brewster, the guy in the middle of all that money, was going to inherit $300 million. But before he got all that money, his wise great-grandfather, who was going to give it to him, wanted to teach him the value of money. You see, he knew that when he had $300 million, he'd have no way of appreciating the value of what he had in such abundance. So first of all, he gave him $30 million, and then he said he had to spend all of that $30 million in 30 days and have nothing left. Thanks, Bo. Money. Everyone wants it. Until now, Monty Booster didn't have it. They tell me you're my only living relative. But he just made money the old-fashioned way. You have 30 days in which to spend 30 million bucks. He inherited If you can do it, get 300 million. But if you fail, don't get diddly. 
What can I tell my friends? I don't want anybody to help me out. Ah! What's wrong? Well, I want wrong. $30 million. Man, it's just got $30 million. This is a good day. He can't keep it unless he can spend it and have nothing left but the shirt on his back. Oh, we're going to have a lot of fun with this kind of money. <laughs> Jay, I'd like to hire you as my official photographer. Salary, $10,000 a week. How would you like to be my personal driver for the next 30 days at $5,000 a week? What a country. America, I love it. Hey! Everyone thinks he's crazy. I want to bet $50,000. And why not? What's the selling? I think we should consider the possibility of psychiatric help. That's a great joke, and You'll have spent your entire inheritance in less than a month, and you'll have nothing to show for it. But $300 million says he's right on the money. Richard Pryor and John Candy, Brewster's Millions. Coming soon from Universal Pictures. Well, coming soon. That must be made in 1983, that trailer. But... Brewster's Millions. So, we're going to play a little game today of Brewster's Millions. Who would like me to give them $30 million on the basis that you simply have to give all of it away? Anybody? <laughs> Charles and Jenny were the first with their hands up. You see, they actually have great faith that I have $30 million to give them to give away. Well, Brewster's Millions seemed a little bit old hat, and let's face it, most of us are probably unlikely to inherit $300 million from a grandfather we've never seen. So we're going to play a different game. I wonder if you know who this is. Sorry, if you can... Sorry, does anyone know who this gentleman on the screen is? I've heard his name from the back. Anybody down here know who this is on the screen? You don't know? David Beckham. Now, David Beckham, according to Wikipedia, will, during the course of 2009, from his salaries and his endorsements that he's paid to advertise things, earn approximately 50 million US dollars. $50 million at today's exchange rate is, plus or minus a little bit, a shade over £30 million. Somewhere between £30 million and about £33 million, depending on the exchange rate. If we could have, there we are, the game we're going to play today. It's not Brewster's Millions, it's Beckham's Millions. Beckham has, so if we go to the next slide, £31,536,000 that he needs to spend during 2009. Now, who here thinks that if I was to give to you, if I was to offer you £31,536 to spend during 2009, who thinks, they could, who thinks they could do a better job of that than David and Victoria Beckham? I mean, David Beckham is a very gifted footballer, I'll grant you that. He's a wonderful model and he does various other things. But does he use that money wisely? Do you think you could perhaps do a better job? Let's put it another way and then perhaps link it back to our passage uh, in Exodus. Thanks, Foe. You see, in the game of Beckham's Millions, Beckham needs to spend £86,400 every single day. So here's my challenge to you. Could you usefully spend £86,400 every single day? I'm not going to give that to you. But God is. This is where it's good we don't have a treasurer because they would have had a heart attack. We're going to give you all 31536 during the course of 2009. And you're going to have to spend all 86400 of it every day because here are my rules. And they're kind of the same rules that Moses had. You're going to have to spend all of it in the day in which you receive it. You can't keep any until tomorrow. You can't borrow any from the future and you can't give it away to anybody else. You can use it for somebody else, but you can't give it to anybody else. 
Because you see, God really is going to give you 13,536,000 during the year of 2009. He's going to give it to you exactly. But he's not going to give you 86,400 pounds every day. But he will give you exactly the same that David Beckham gets, exactly the same that the Queen gets, exactly the same that Bill Gates gets, exactly the same that the homeless person on the street in Brighton gets. Foe, he's going to give it to you in the currency of heaven. Every one of us is gifted this day from God 86,400 seconds. Now that means you're probably thinking two things. Crikey, David Beckham earns about a pound a second. He does. Very roughly, David Beckham earns a pound every single second. But it also means that you earn exactly the same as David Beckham. You have exactly the same problem that Brewster has. Somehow, during 2009, you're going to have to spend 31,536,000 seconds. Sometime today, January the 4th, 2009, you're going to spend 86,400 seconds. You cannot save one of them until tomorrow. You cannot use any of them from yesterday, and you cannot give them to anybody else. At the end of today, you will not have one single second of today left. You will have to spend it all. Wasn't it easy to spend it earlier on? Didn't you perhaps think when you were thinking of spending Beckham's 30 million, well, I'll use a little for myself, but I'll give most of it away. You see, God needed to teach the Israelites something about the abundance of what we have all around us. It's very easy to spend it when we think it's somebody else's. But we often don't see what's right in front of us. We often don't see what God's provided to us. And so that's the lesson we're going to take from Exodus later on. And it's what we're going to take with us as we look for a resolution for 2009. You see, Moses was leading the Israelites through the desert. And Moses wrote just one of the 150 psalms. We sang from the last one earlier. Here's something from the one he wrote, folks. Moses wrote Psalm 90, the only one of the psalms he wrote. And in it, he wrote this. Teach us to number our days correctly, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. That's what we're looking for today. Can you remember that? Because we'll test it later on when we start the second bit of our service. Teach us to number our days correctly, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Teach us to number and value and treasure in daily dependence on God, just like the Israelites. Teach us to number every one of those 86,400 seconds, for without numbering them, we'll waste most of them. Thank you, David. Well, we're going to um, sing a couple of songs about God's provision for us, um, all the amazing things that he gives us, and to thank him for that in these songs. And the first one is actually not going to be in your books. It's only going to be on the projector. So I know that causes a bit of problem, but it's a great song. It's a shame not to sing it just because it's not in the books. So I'm going to try and help you out a little bit. And we're going to sing this as a round. And if I roughly... I don't want to split Charles and Jenny apart, but you're in the the middle. And Adrian about. Roughly somewhere down there... Everybody this side follow me. Everybody that side follow Jane. And if you can't see these words, and apologies if you can't, the refrain part is Jesus, Lamb of God, worthy is your name. Jesus, Lamb of God, worthy is your name. You can actually sing that the whole way through, and that's absolutely fine. So hopefully that overcomes some of the obstacle of this not being in the books. But we're going to sing this song together, and we're going to sing it through two and a half times. Believe me, that works. Two and a half times works. Um, And then we're going to go on, and we're going to sing number 1117. 
who is there like you.